0: Almighty, holy, majestic God who very carefully reached inside of your mother's womb and fabricated you cell by cell, tissue by tissue and then birthed you and has given you every breath you've ever breathed. You're in the presence of your creator and the one who loves you so much he went all the way to the cross for you. And he's listening right now to you. So in the quietness of your heart, what do you want to say to God? Lord Jesus Christ, we are overwhelmed by the privilege of worship. And as you've been receiving it from hundreds of millions of people all around the world this day, thank you for receiving it from Williams Bay, Wisconsin and from each of our hearts in this place and those watching us on the internet I'm asking God would you speak now into each of our lives with that which you know we need to receive from you would you touch each of us please God right at the point where you know we need the touch of God as we step into this Advent season together and i prayed in jesus name amen amen and i invite you to be seated and i'll dismiss the children the little ones up through grade 4 thank you bill to some wonderful adults who are ready to receive you oh my hasn't our worship drawn you powerfully into the presence of god with a sense that he is majestic magnificent almighty but also loving it's the advent season I wonder if you hear the clash of swords there's a battle raging and it's raging for your heart and mine for your soul and mine just like it raged that first Christmas advent season like, like claws reaching out of the fog or the darkness I have felt it this week claws reaching at me saying you should be in line midnight Thanksgiving night with your pockets full of money and buying, buying because you need much more, don't you, bastard dog you should feel guilty if you're not out there running your credit card to the max it's the American way I felt the claw reaching to me as I watched National Guardsmen standing in Ferguson and the people of Ferguson and other cities across our nation lashing out. I felt the claw reaching to me saying, you ought to get angry. And instead, I want to stand up and I want to say, if you're in this room and you're a police officer or you're a firefighter or you're an EMT, I want to thank you for the work that you do. Because you put your lives on the line for us every day. And we thank you. And I don't know all the details of what happened down there, but I want to thank you. Can I tell you that I felt a very personal claw reaching at me? It hit me Wednesday night after our Thanksgiving Eve service here, which was wonderful, and we're driving home, Dawn and me. It's Thanksgiving tomorrow and we'll be alone with our kids and our grandkids in France preparing for Africa. And I felt that claw, not just the loneliness, but that isn't fair, God, that holidays should separate families. But I realized I wasn't the only family feeling that. And maybe you were separated from your family or some of your family were distant for a variety of reasons. Do you see all around us a desperate need for hope. As the stookies lit the first candle, it's the candle of hope. Our theme verse this year at Calvary has been a, a call to the realization that Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy your hope, your joy, your peace, your life. But I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. A challenge to parents, choose wisely. Make your decisions wisely because your children are following in your footsteps our theme for these days leading up to Christmas and the days that follow. The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. This week, good news of great hope for all people. Would you turn with me to some of the scriptures that the Stukies read for us earlier? Isaiah, the prophet in the Old Testament, chapter 40. He begins that chapter by saying, Comfort, comfort my people, God says. I urge you to grab that and if you're here today and and your heart needs some comfort I think I've got some good words for you today in God's Word if you know someone who needs some hope some comfort I think God has something special he wants to say to us verse 3 goes on and says a voice of one calling my hope is that during these days you and I will be voices of people calling into the brokenness of our world there's hope there's hope A voice of one calling, in the desert prepare the way for the Lord. You remember the last time that you felt like you were in a desert? Dry, emotionally, spiritually. As far as you could see, nothing but sand. Hopeless. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Remember the last time you felt like you were kind of in a wilderness? You kind of had lost your way. Every valley shall be raised up. Into my mind doesn't come a beautiful uh, meadow or valley. It comes a swamp. The Everglades. Every mountain and hill made low. You remember the last time you looked ahead and you saw obstacles in front of you. And you wondered, could you go any further? The rough ground shall become level. The last time you found yourself in a state of, of your journey in life. And everything seemed rough. No matter where you turned. Nothing was coming easy for you. And the rugged places a plain. The last time you felt relationships were being torn. Into that kind of reality where all of us live, hope. So I want to take the word hope, and I want to give you a word for each of the letters and some scripture. You see, there's some notes there for you. I urge you to take them. For the letter H, hope is, is found in Him. God Almighty, the creator of all, the, the author of life, the sustainer of life, came here in the person of Jesus. Hope is found in him. Amen? Paul writes, you may remember in Colossians, "He is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of our all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things were created by him and for him. He's before all things, and in in him all things hold together. Hope for you, for me, for every person we know, no matter what the set of circumstances is that is choking them, that is causing them to feel despair, hope begins with him, Jesus. He's holy. He's loving. He's the healer of broken hearts. He came into our broken, dark world for the purpose of bringing hope. Amen? You see, I've got some scripture there. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Hagar had said, God, you are the God who sees me. El Roy, the name she gave to God. Psalm 9 Those who know your name will trust in you For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you This week I urge you to follow along in the digging deeper that I wrote for you And look into some of the names of God To identify which are the ones that bring you the greatest hope In your dark days There's a place there in your notes Where I've put a blank line A place for you to jot down some of the great attributes of God that awaken hope in you and that you can bring to others but there are some roadblocks to hope aren't there would you agree that pride this thing that wells up inside of you and me that says I don't need God that'll rob you of the hope that's available in him how about self-sufficiency how about your skepticism about God how about your reluctance to trust God Would you agree that those are some of the things that rob you of the hope that is available in Him? You might want to consider jotting some others down as the Holy Spirit of God reminds you of them. Hope starts with Him. Hope is found in opportunities that He, God, places before you that will call you to consider do I believe Him and the truth that He spoke when He was here? Do I believe him in his claim to be God? Do I trust him? A- am I willing to take a faith step through this door of opportunity that he's opened before me? Am I willing, am I hungry to experience God's touch, his powerful touch in my life? I- I've listed for you there in your notes four examples in the Christmas story of people and God stepped into their lives and gave them an opportunity to become part of the Christmas story, if I can say that. Zechariah, Elizabeth, I know you're old people and I know that the chance of having babies ended a long time ago, but I'm opening a door of opportunity. Do you trust me? Do you believe me? Will you take a faith step with me? You're going to have a son. Name him John. He's going to be the forerunner of Jesus. Mary, I know you're just a young girl and I know you're not married and I know you've done the best you can to keep yourself pure, Would you be willing to let the Holy Spirit of God come upon you and you would bear the one that we've all been waiting for? Shepherds, I know that you think you're the the outcasts of society, but a Savior's been born in Bethlehem. You get to be the first to see him if you'd like to. Go. Herod, there's been a newborn king of the Jews. What do you think about that? When was the last time? Think about it now that God opened a door of opportunity before you you had a chance to take a step of faith and as you would do that in response to his opening the door hope would well up inside of you that you really can make a difference you really can help a situation you can bring hope to somebody else and what did you do? I'm too busy God I really don't like that person God open the door to somebody else God maybe somebody I'm so inadequate God roadblocks to hope how about fear God I I could never do that how about a refusal to trust God God you're asking me to take too big of a faith step how about okay God I I see the door of opportunity is open before me I see the faith step I need to take but let's do it my way would you agree that those are roadblocks to your experiencing the hope that God would like to awaken in you as you step with Him? Somebody sent me something this week that I'd like you to see. I'd like you to think first, though, what if you had been born deaf? You've never heard a sound your entire life, and you are your age. And what if you never knew there was something called sign language? So you've never had a conversation with anybody. You just watch life going by. Watch this.
1: Patrick Otema is 15 years old. He was born deaf. But in this remote region of northern Uganda, there are no schools for deaf children. In his whole life, Patrick's never had a conversation. Hello. I'm good. His father, Charles, looks after him. They are only able to communicate through very basic gestures. We've been sitting here talking about Patrick in front of him, and while he's been watching us, he doesn't understand what we're saying. It feels almost rude but this is what Patrick's life is like all the time. I'm here with someone who wants to change all that. Raymond Okello is deaf himself and a sign language teacher. Do you think he could learn sign language? This is pretty much Patrick's existence. His father gestures to him what he wants him to do, and when he's finished, he goes back to his hut to spend the rest of the day on his own. Patrick's fate is not unusual. The majority of deaf people in sub-Saharan Africa have never been taught sign language. Unable to communicate with others, they're trapped in their own minds. Raymond became deaf as a child after a bout of malaria. Six months ago, he traveled to the capital for intensive training in sign language. Now he's returned to his village to do something unprecedented. He's going to teach the first sign language course ever set up here. Raymond, are you nervous? It's 2 o'clock, the first deaf students start turning up, and class begins. The course has already started, but Patrick hasn't turned up yet, and I'm worried that his father couldn't convince him to leave home. A few minutes later, Patrick arrives. transformation is amazing. It's almost impossible to believe it's the same boy we met yesterday. New deaf students keep arriving. Many have walked miles to be here. There's a nine-year-old boy and an 80-year-old woman. Before the end of the class, Each new student goes to the front. The class votes on a new name for them. This is now Patrick's sign name, and he will use it for the rest of his life. He has just been baptized into a whole new world.
0: Hope. Every single one of us, created uniquely by God, especially if you have trusted Jesus Christ to be your Savior, with the Holy Spirit of God living within you, you have the privilege of being a hope bearer, bringing hope to our world. That doesn't mean that you sit here or or stand here and sing or open God's Word and preach. It means, my friends, that you and I have the privilege of living as hope bearers, bringing the hope of Jesus into our world as God opens the doors of opportunities to you. Would you consider that in the next 30 days, the last days of 2014, that you would consider thinking every single day, I'm a hope bearer? Look deeply into the eyes of people with whom you're having conversation. Listen carefully to what they say, and it probably will not take you long, and you will see I'm surrounded by people who appear to be desperate for just a little hope in our broken world yes it's true we live in one of the most beautiful places in america uh, surrounded by some of the most wonderful people but the heartbreak in this county is amazing in people of all ages do you agree with that the opportunity for you and me to be hope bearers to, to everyone that we meet is unlimited Isaiah chapter 40 there verse 5 says and the glory of the Lord will be revealed may I suggest to you that one of the great ways the glory of the Lord is revealed when the people who have trusted Jesus to be their Savior are bringing hope into our world everywhere around our world hope is found in Him hope is found in opportunities that you and I take to bring Jesus into our broken world taking those faith steps hope is found in transformed people do you know anybody my friends who once was enslaved to alcohol but by the power of God they've been set free they're living an entirely different life now do you know anyone who once was enslaved to drugs and it was destroying them or once was a slave to gambling and they were gambling away the paycheck before it ever got home Or pornography or or anger or unforgiveness or jealousy or anything and they've been set free by the power of God they're a transformed person how about the person who has experienced an unleashing of the power of God and they're healed an emotional healing a physical healing a spiritual healing or how about the person who used to be all about themselves but now they're humble and they're compassionate almost like a Scrooge change Would you agree that those kinds of people radiate the hope of God into our broken world? The next line in that verse says, and all mankind together will see it. Isaiah 40, verse 5. All mankind sees the wonder and the power of Christmas, the Jesus of Christmas, as people's lives are transformed by the power of God therefore if anyone is in Christ he's a new creation the old is gone the new has come Paul writes Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of which I am the worst our dear friend uh, Kendra Mott sent me something that that tells uh, well I want you to see it it's one of the girls whose life has been changed by our Czech Republic teams that have gone to the Czech Republic and she wants to send you a greeting Calvary and thank you so let's watch this
2: The Hi, Calvary. I'm Misha, and you might have heard a bit about me from members of the English camp teams you send to the Czech Republic every year, or from Zach, my future husband. He shares a lot about me. Anyway, I'm really excited to have the opportunity to finally say thank you. Thank you for your concern about the people of the Czech Republic, for your ministry here, and for sending those big-hearted, Jesus-loving people overseas. Thanks to this, thanks to the loving atmosphere that God created at the English camps, I could have come back to Him at the age of 14, which I'm incredibly thankful for.
0: Isn't that a wonderful truth? Now, as great as it is to see it on the screen, would you believe she's here with us this morning? So, Misha, would you please come? <laughs> so, you get to greet the people in person. Yeah, hello, everyone.
2: Um, I, I can't even say how excited I Oh, yeah, hello, everyone. <laughs> I can't even say how excited I am to be here. And I feel so blessed because i always wanted to come to Calvary to see those people who are every year sending those awesome people with big hearts to, the, to my country. And I can finally see you.
0: So let me ask, if you've ever been on a Czech team trip to the Czech Republic, would you stand? She'd like to see you. Anybody in the room who's been on a Czech trip? Amen. Thank you for going.
2: Thank you. <laughs> yeah, How has
0: Jesus changed your life?
2: Yeah, oh, first a lot in many ways (laughs) Uh, I first believed at the age of 8 thanks to my grandmother but then I got lost totally in lying and stealing and and it was bad and then I came to the English camp and that was I always say that it was a love bomb or (laughs) a love incubator where I just could not resist and I was like wow Jesus I need this. I need you cuz this is awesome and and then God led me has led me to a full-time ministry to my own people, my Amen. own country. Amen. Amen. Now,
0: Zach, you've been there for a while in the Czech Republic, and you're from here. Is that right?
3: Yeah, I grew up just outside of Lake Geneva. My dad was a head football coach here for 20 years, and my mom's probably delivered half the babies in this room. She's Kate Harrod. So. <laughs> okay, and so how long might... have you been there? I've been there nine out of the last 11 years, and last summer, well, I met up with the, the English camp team. I met Misha, and uh Things obviously changed a lot, and we're now married. We got married this past summer, um, and we're back in the States to raise some support. And also, we just had our American wedding, or uh, reception. So, yeah, I've been there nine out of the last 11 years. I was working with Athletes in Action, and now we're, we work with team out of Wheaton. And uh, we are church planning, and we hope to see God turn the numbers of uh, the Czech Republic to a country of roughly 90% atheist. And the, the church is less than one-third of 1%, Wow. so 0.2%. Wow. And we're in a church plant that's in the city center, and our hope and prayer is to see God turn those numbers completely upside down and to see Prague uh, transformed. And if Prague is transformed, God will transform the country. And if that happens in the center of Europe, what's there to stop uh, God transforming what might be the forgotten continent now wow. as far as missions goes? Would you join me in thanking God for Zach and Misha?
0: Wow, wow, <laughs> that's so great, you can put it back Thank you, thank you Thanks. So would you agree that transformed people are, are, are awakeners of hope That when you meet a person whose life has been transformed By the power of God, something wells up inside of you There's hope Well, guess what, you get to be that If you've met Jesus and he has changed your life, you get to be a living awakener of hope in other people. May I say it that way? So there's a place in your notes there to jot down some names of some people that you've seen radically transformed. But just as with the others, there are some roadblocks, aren't there, to having hope awakened when you see transformed people. If you have a critical or a judgmental spirit when you look at other people and you, res- you refuse to recognize the work that God is doing in them, you'll be robbed of the hope that is available to you when you celebrate those in whom God is doing a change work. If you refuse to see the change that Jesus is making, you'll miss out on the hope. Hope, it's rooted in Him, the Jesus of Christmas. Amen? Hope, it happens when God opens doors of opportunities before you and you take faith steps. Because you believe him and you trust him. Hope. it happens when you encounter a person whose life has been transformed by Jesus, or when he starts transforming your life. The letter E: hope is available for everyone, everywhere, for all of eternity. The, the change, the hope change that Jesus Christ wants to make in your life and in mine is, is an eternal. It's not just a change for today and maybe tomorrow, and maybe it'll last a week. Jesus Christ came to offer eternal life new life for all of eternity amen you see some scripture there the Lord is not willing that any should perish but that everyone should come to repentance 2 Peter 3 9 turn to me and be saved all you ends of the earth for I am God and there is no other Isaiah chapter 45 are there some roadblocks that would prevent hope coming to everyone everywhere yeah what about this roadblock what about prejudice oh those people God surely can't love those people that person I think that's the 20th time they've done that wrong thing God surely has given up on that person by now you ever find anything welling up inside of you where you find yourself writing off other people that God loves how about a relational wounder what I mean by that my friends is for people like you and me if you have trusted Jesus Christ we should be relational healers in our relationships with other people we should be healing them should be a joyful wonderful experience do you know people who it just naturally in their relationships they hurt other people could that be a barrier to hope Or, how about just an outright unwillingness to share the hope that you have? You're grateful that Jesus has saved you. You're grateful that that, that you have eternal life in Christ, but they're on their own. Let them find their own way. That's not my responsibility. But it's our privilege, isn't it? To, To be ones who bring hope to our world. Hope, it's found in Him the Jesus of Christmas. Amen? God Almighty who came here to proclaim hope and to go all the way to the cross to purchase hope for every person. Hope. It happens very often in opportunities, sometimes unexpected, where God opens a door of opportunity before you and the question is, do you believe Him? Do you trust Him enough to take a faith step? Hope it's evidenced in transformed people hope it's available by God's design to every person everywhere for eternity You remember the picture of the clusters that we've seen several times where Jesus said to his friends remain close to me remain in me and I'll remain in you apart from me you can do nothing you see them one more time in your notes and I'm urging you, with 30 days left in this year who are the people in the cluster of your family especially your extended family who need hope in these 30 days who are the people in the network of of, of your workplace or your school who need hope who are the people in your social network who need hope pick out one of those grapes in each cluster and yellow it in or circle it and put your initials in the middle of it that's you And then start praying, God, how do I bring hope to the people in my clusters? A cluster touch. Now let's talk to him about that as we prepare to worship him, as we get ready to go out into a world that needs hope. Jesus Christ, thank you for coming here. Thank you, Almighty God, for being the author of hope in our broken and desperate world. Thank you for making hope possible, Jesus, no matter what our condition, no matter where we are, no matter where we've been, no matter how broken our lives. Does anyone in the room need hope today? Jesus is ready right now, and he's awaiting your call for help. The quietness of your heart right where you're sitting, the God who made you and who loves you is ready to help you ask Him, invite Him to step into your situation whatever it is, to step into your life turn from whatever that has been that has ruined your life and turn to Him ask Him to start His healing work and you trust Him to be your Savior your King your hope giver and as you open your life to Him and invite Him He will start doing that healing work that cleansing work, that forgiving work And hope will start to wake up in you. Now let's worship him.